Today on Ovias and Gilio, we are back to football. NC State, North Carolina had their first practice. The Carolina Panthers had their fan fest, and everybody loves Bryce Young. We love to see it. You know what we don't love seeing? Florida State Board of Trustees members, and they're whining. What are they getting at? What's the end goal here? We'll discuss. In the meantime, thanks for following us on your favorite podcast platforms. If you haven't rated us five stars, what are you waiting for? Positive vibes only, five stars only. And check us out on YouTube if you haven't yet. You can watch me make faces as I get angry at Florida State or weird dudes who hang out behind us while we're doing a show at the Wyndham Championship. Go hit that subscribe button. We're trying to get to 4,000 subscribers here really soon so I can crack open a bottle of Brass Monkey. OG. 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 It is time that we do something new. Joe Ovius and Joe Gillian. By doing something new, I mean doing something old, but we're bringing it back so it's basically new. Here we go. Let's podcast alongside Joe Gilio. I'm Joe Ovias, live to tape, Eford Studios, Empire Properties in downtown Raleigh. And shouts to Copiers Plus. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. Do I need to scan the parking ticket you received on the way to Sedgefield yesterday and mail it to Graham County Courthouse? No, but you're probably... Because I can do that with Copiers Plus and my Kyocera printer. Probably going to need to scan it and send it to my lawyer because it wasn't a parking ticket. It was a speeding ticket. (laughs) Or a speeding ticket. My bad. I got my tickets wrong. But yeah, actually, we'll get to that in a second because you had a full day yesterday. I did. But copiers-plus.com is where you want to go. You want to get that consultation. You want to understand in terms of print management, document management, you might save a ton of money. Those printing costs can add up and you might not realize how much money you are losing based on those things. So Copiers Plus can take care of that for you. And again, it starts with a consultation. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. They are local with with locations across the triangle and across the state. So again, check them out, copiers-plus.com. So yeah, you had a full day. Well, you you started the day at a at a football practice. Yeah, the first practice of every year for NC State is open to the media for, mm-hmm. it's about an hour yeah. that it's usually about open for and, it's not just stretching. Like there, there are some actual things going on there. So I like that. You get to see some guys move around. Uh, there's actually, I take it back. There's usually a practice in the spring that you get to see too. So it's a real chance just to see what guys look like. Yeah. You know, like I always like to make fun of people who do, who do scouting services and, and online recruiting stuff. And so-and-so is a three star, but that's just because he didn't get an offer from, he's a great, he's this, he's that blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, have you seen them play? No, never. But it's like, <laughs> well, have you seen them in person? No, no but I've but. seen the mixtape online. And it's like, yeah. okay. To me, there is a value to going to a practice and seeing what a player looks like and seeing how they interact with their teammates and kind of seeing their energy level, their effort level. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I, I enjoy that tremendously. And thank you to NC State for opening that practice each uh, each year. Yeah, and Carolina does the same thing. I saw a lot of similar reports coming mm-hmm. out from, uh, from, from the Chapel Hill Practice Center, their indoor facility. You know, Drake Mays dropping dimes, man. Dropping dimes. Just well, lasers. You, don't, you do not have to embellish that. No, That's I know. For sure. I know. It's like the year Philip Rivers was, it, it, remember, in camp. <laughs> and then they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. We got to start putting out, like, fake placebo stats because the real stats were throwing people off the scent. <laughs> That's true. Poor That's Jose true. Lariano never had a chance. That's true. That's true. But, nah, you're right. I mean, everybody knows about Drake May. For for North Carolina, it's what's the defense look like? What's, sure. what's Gene Chizik year two with some transfers going to do to clamp down on some of their early season issues? And, obviously, we know they have a test against South Carolina. 
So it's funny. The questions around North Carolina are pretty easy to, to pinpoint. It is the defense. And yes, they have some skill position players they have to replace. How are the running backs going to work out? But don't, to me, the big, the big, the big talking point for Carolina is defense. Don't get Carolina wrong. Okay. It's their offensive line. They can that's, outscore that's, people. Yeah. Okay. They can outscore people. We saw this two years yeah. ago with Sam Howell when yeah. they couldn't they lost their NFL running backs. Mm-hmm. And we were and I picked Carolina to win the league that year. Okay. And I was, so I was screaming about their defense you, that year. And but I was you right were also that. saying, but you were also saying that year, like, hey, they lose they lose four NFL players. Like yeah, they they've do. lost four dudes. Mm-hmm. I, I was in love with Josh Downs. Okay. But the real issue that year, Virginia Tech, they go to Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's defensive front swarms them and their mm-hmm. offensive line never really recovered that season to the point where Sam Al was their only effective running option. Yeah. So to me, when you look at some of the early season success for Carolina last year, when they got off to the hot start that they did, they were effectively able to run the football. And I don't know about you. I love Amari and Hampton. Like, I, think he's I, great. Think, I think he's a player. A British Brooks and should be healthy. And he wasn't healthy last year, but I no. think they have athletic guys who can run the football. I'm with you on that. Early in the season, they were able to do that. And then all of a sudden, they couldn't run. They get to State. They couldn't run. They get to Georgia Tech. They couldn't run. They, obviously, they get to Clemson. They couldn't run. And you're sitting here going, I, I've said this before about Tom Brady. I'll say the same thing about Drake May. If you just tell a guy to drop back and throw the ball on every single down, you're, you're asking for a recipe for trouble. Even, even Tom Brady can't do it. Even Aaron Rodgers can't do it. Even, the great, even Patrick Mahomes has to have some sort of unpredictability to what they're doing in order for it to be effective. And for Carolina, believe it or not, they've had guys, they've put guys in the pros from the offensive line. Of course they have. But they've struggled up front to establish that run game, uh, particularly late in the season. It could be some of that as injuries, could be some of that as attrition to their skill positions as well. But that's the big question for me because I, I just think Carolina is a team that can outscore you. I know, I know with their skill players and I know with Drake May that they're capable of outscoring teams. Mm-hmm. So to me, the defense just can't be a net negative, right? Like they just can't be the reason they lose the games. You have to have come up, come up the stop here or there. I feel like the big question for NC state, and I guess you got an eye on it yesterday is who's going to step up at wide receiver. That was a big question for Devin Leary last year. Separation was hard to come by. Of course, we know how the quarterback thing played out with all the injuries. Uh, and it's really hard to assess how, you know, we, it's, it's hard to assess everything when you're going through all the quarterbacks and the injuries, but they still found ways to win. We know NC State's defense will have the experience from guys who got reps last year. As much as many of the names you won't recognize, you got to remember, we talked to Dave Dorn about this last week. There's a lot of guys who got reps and they expect to step up. But again, I, I get back to wide receiver. People are focused on running back again. I get that, whatever. But who's going to be the dude you can throw it to consistently and get a big play? Like Carolina's the same boat. Like you could get it to Josh Downs. You know he was going to try to make something happen. So who is that guy for NC State? There was a late addition. We've been talking about what Lassane and Rooks and countless other guys, but they had a late edition. Was like a six ten guy, six eight guy from? He's not six ten. Like a six eight guy from uh, from Rice. Yamba. Is that a six five? My bad. I'm like is Victor Wimbanyama uh, in cleats? No. What is it? Bradley Rosner from Rice. He had what ten touchdown catches last year. So he was like a late addition that people were kind of hyped about. Eighth seen year. Some tape on him. Eighth year. See, was college. he thirty? Is he thirty? Is he our age? He's out there getting reps. Why did I say 6'10", 6'5", give him five extra inches? Anyway. Like it's going to be interesting. I, I think the scheme is going to help. I think Robert Anai is going to help. I think Brendan Armstrong and his familiarity is, with Robert Anai's scheme is going to help. All, I think yeah. all those things will help NC State. At the end of the day, though, you have to have guys who are going to make plays. I, I love the cut of Juice Vereen's jib. He's mm-hmm. a true freshman, but I think he's going to make plays for them. Kevin Concepcion, I see, I see on the very first series, on the very first play, look who's out there in the slot with the first team. 
the true freshman. So yeah. I think he has potential as well. It's hard to rely on guys who are 18 years old, though, especially now that you're playing against mm -hmm. uh, a Rosner who might be in his eighth year. And then, and then there's a solid chunk still in college football in their fifth and sixth year. So that's difficult. It's, it's a tough ask. Um, so I'm looking at Keon Lassane yesterday. And it's funny because uh, Ruffin McNeil, former uh, ECU head coach and, mm -hmm. and really one of Dave Doran's consigliaries and, and the guy who really just, if, if nothing else, Ruff is there for morale, right? right. Like he's always going to pick you up. And Keon Lassane was was lined up wide to the side of the sideline. And I'm standing there and Ruff was in the golf cart. And Keon looks over and he sees Ruff and he goes over and Ruff says to him, hey, man, you look good because it, Keon looks a little bit bigger. And I, I thought the same thing. I was like, uh, OK, the Thunder, the the coach, uh, Dan Burnett, yeah. Antonio Burnett, Thunder, you know, he's their he's their strength coach. and He does. He's their secret weapon. So it'll be interesting to see. I thought Keon played well at the end of last year. Uh, not the biggest guy in the history of the world, but did look more solid to me. Mm -hmm. uh, could be one of those veteran guys in their fifth year who you who you look at and you go, you know what? He's going to be a little bit more steady and maybe not the guy we circled uh, at the beginning of the year, but one of those guys you look at and at the end of the game, he's got four or five catches, cut a couple first downs yeah. and really helps him out. Housekeeping. Again, big thanks to the Wyndham Championship for having us out yesterday at Sedgefield Country Club. If you missed any of that fun and frivolity, check it out on the podcast on YouTube. Five stars only, of course. Positive vibes only. Have you been you've been inspired? I, I see you're already wearing merch now um, from from the Shadies out in Garner. Like you, I feel like uh, Fat Perez gave you inspiration yesterday, man. man. That's a that's a vibe. That's a life goal, man. Maybe we'll get you there. Maybe we will get you there. Uh, also, if you want a sticker, just shoot me an email. Subject line sticker uh, to the OG goes digital at gmail.com. Again, that's the OG goes digital at gmail.com. I'm, I'm getting, I have to buy some more envelopes. I got plenty of stamps. I got to buy more envelopes now. So I'll get the next batch of stickers out there. Uh, OG pizza night is wrapped up. No more spots for OG pizza night. OG pizza night sold out. We're ready okay. to go. Now we are still taking slots for the mixtape next week. We have a couple people who are ready for essentially a lyric challenge. We've, we've converted the OG mixtape to a lyric challenge. We have some, some voices you'll recognize reading these lyrics. And if you want to participate in that, just shoot me an email, uh, subject line mixtape at the OG goes digital at gmail.com. Shout out to Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. It is gross, folks. Although yesterday was somewhat nice, but we've had a lot of rain this summer. That's led to a lot of mosquitoes and Mosquito Authority, which comes out to my place every few weeks. Make sure those things are kept in check. You can also get Pest Authority to come out and make sure the critters that are trying to get into your house in the dead of summer don't get in. That's key. Yeah, bugsbite.com. Hazeline Cassidy and his crew take care of all the bugs inside, outside. You got mice, you got moisture, you name it. Mm -hmm. Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority, there to handle the job. And shout out to Oak City Sports Cards, downtown Raleigh. Weston wants to get your cards graded. That's the important thing about the trading card game. You might think you have something valuable, right down to a Pokemon card, but you don't know really what you have. Don't put it on eBay with some guests. No, get it graded because you could be leaving money on the table if you don't get it graded. Weston can make sure that happens. Plus, NFL season's almost here. If you want to get one of those cards early, Bryce Young, Auto, one of um, CJ Stroud, those mm -hmm. quarterbacks that are valuable. Now's the time to grab them because the price only goes up and up and up.
Is that your transition jam? Why Collins Avenue on iMovie hasn't been released as a single? I have no idea. No idea. No I would idea. totally pay for that. Julian Council, Locked On Panthers podcast, joining us now on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. We're trying to find out like rights-free, royalty-free music, Julian. And I did not realize that the iMovie tracks are are of that bangers. ilk. <laughs> and they're all bangers, dude. Oh, you guys need to get a legal team. Get a legal team in place. Um, <laughs> No, we're gonna make sure we're gonna make sure that we have some original music. I got some I got some guys working on that. And uh, if Rand ever calls us back, maybe we can get some more jingles. So I'm watching the uh, the fan fest last night uh, on TV, and I thought to myself, "Wait a minute, I forgot they don't show you anything on television. <laughs> they don't show you any of the schemes. They don't show you any of the live action." I think at one point Taylor Zarzer says to Smitty. Yeah, well, you know, we can't really show you anything. I'm paraphrasing here, but we can't really show you show you anything until the first preseason game. And I'm like, well, why am I watching this? But then again, I'm glad I watched it, Julian, because it really does con- it, it it adds to the whole theme of the summer. Everybody feels good about the Panthers, and everybody loves Bryce Young, and it's great to see. Thirty nine thousand people there on a Wednesday night to go watch them practice. So <laughs> it was a good number, hey, man. Wow, it, it was a good number. It, it, Oh, and for $5, which all goes to charity, apparently, according to David Tepper and the Panthers oh, organization. I believe it. I, believe it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the vibes are good. And it's always great to have FanFest back in town. And for Bryce Young, who everyone wants to see first night at Bank of America Stadium, the vibes are good. And, but we'll find out kind of next week kind of where this team is at when the Jets come down to Spartanburg yeah. for joint practices. I'm especially looking at the offensive line because the Jets probably have the deepest defensive line group in the entire NFL. So we'll start learning a little bit more about this team. But so far through a week, Bryce Young looks good. The coaching staff is efficient and mm-hmm. professional and a lot different than the last one that we had here. So, yeah, the vibes are great. <laughs> At some point, it's funny. No, maybe it's because Matt Rule's back in college. We can all sit here and roast Matt Rule, and nobody's going to get all you know pearl clutching about it. You mentioned the Jets. If you say anything about Nathaniel Hackett and the worst offense in the NFL last year, the worst coaching job in the NFL last year, where he got fired before the season was over, well, then we have to have a it's, week's worth of referendum no, on Nathaniel Hackett. You can say it. I can say it. Julian can say it. But another coach, coach should say it. Yeah. it. The coach can say it too, man. Back me up here, Sean, Julian. All, Come Sean, on. all Sean Payton did, dude, was say the truth. I don't see what yeah, the problem is. That's, that's so true. And I've thought about that too. We spent from like week one, when he opted to kick like a 60-yard field goal in Seattle, <laughs> we've been grossing this dude. Because I looked at it, then I was like, yeah, this guy does not have it. Like, he, have it man. he had to hire a coach to coach him after that decision in Seattle. And you knew right then and there, this ain't going to work. So I applaud the Broncos for cutting the cord. You know, it's mm-hmm. a new ownership group, but I applaud them for at least getting rid of him and understanding this guy is in over his head. But yeah, but all Sean Payton said was exactly how everyone felt and probably the people and even the players on that staff in Denver felt about Nathaniel Hackett. But I do understand the whole code and coaches not supposed to say that kind of stuff. But also coaches oftentimes bite their tongue on things that they should say. So is the code something that's a good thing? Probably not. I am curious since, you know, we kind of stumbled into the conversation with the Jets because the Panthers are playing the Jets. Or they're, they're, they're having their joint practices against the Jets. And we've heard this plenty of times now over the last couple of years that these joint practices are way more valuable than yeah. a quarter preseason game action, which is mostly for the fans and for television purposes. You know, we, we're sitting here talking about how everything is really looking great, or at least everything everybody feels good about the Panthers, and the Panthers are doing a great job presenting it that way on social media and everything else. 
And I almost feel like playing the Jets where the distraction really is around Aaron Rodgers, hard knocks and everything else. Mm-hmm. That Bryce Young, as a, as a top pick in the NFL draft, you, you, the scrutiny is usually on, you know, is this going to work out? Did they make the wrong guy? How does it compare to C.J. Stroud, et cetera, et cetera? I feel like that distraction of the Jets will benefit the Panthers this offseason because they can kind of lay low and, and keep the thing going. Well, yeah, you turn on ESPN nowadays and because they care about markets more than they actually care about teams that are any good. Yes. It's pretty much the New York Jets um, TV show. Now, the Panthers will be in the spotlight early on because they play on Monday Night Football. And the fact that they're already in Charlotte and in a market and a team that has been to the playoffs since 2017, they're not going to get that much talk. Now, if they do have some success and because Bryce Young was the number one overall pick, then there will be some talk. I just think this preseason... As aside from the NFL Network, who was here earlier this week, I just don't think that they're going to get a lot of press. And yeah, they'll probably be in the clips of, of Hard Knocks whenever that airs, I guess, in a couple of weeks once the Jets come down here for that episode. Yeah, they're going to be able to lay low. And I think the pressure here in the city and the market is still going to pretty be pretty big and high, like high for Bryce Young to be able to be the guy, considering everything they've been through at quarterback with Cam's injury, people talking to themselves in the Kyle Allen who couldn't hold onto the football. <laughs> Even Heineke, who was here, and the <laughs> that they were sold, and Baker Mayfield, people trying to believe that Matt Corral was the savior when he was drafting the third. Oh, jeez. Don't remind still, me of that, man. There's don't still a ton of pressure on Bryce Young here. I just don't think nationwide anyone cares. It's kind of like, hey, go out there and win games. And J.C. Horn had talked about it once camp opened up, how – he feels like they aren't really being respected. And someone asked him why. He's like, well, we really haven't won a lot of games. Yeah, well, you don't earn respect. And you don't really earn the attention of the league until you start winning games. And Frank Wright came out and said, you know, we have an opportunity where we got a new quarterback. There's going to be some attention there. But this team has some good players. Derek Brown could be a star. Brian Burns could be a star. There's some really solid players and even some veterans like Von Bell who comes in who can help this team be relevant once December rolls around it's going to go out there and earn it so I still think there's pressure there's just not a lot of talk right now offseason wise aside from okay hey cool you got a new coaching staff and the number one pick at quarterback I think the answer can be both Julian but who will Bryce Young's best friend be Miles Sanders or Hayden Hurst the offensive line oh I feel like that's the theme of the show because Julian you know with StreamYard I can see you in the little green room And when Jillio was talking about the Tar Heels and their offensive line, you were like nodding like, (laughs) yes, it's the offensive line. Although I feel in college offensive line is it's like kickers, like college kickers, college offensive lines can be just as voodoo as anything else in the NFL. You could do something about it. So, you know, what is it about the Panthers (laughs) offensive line that's got you a little a little worried? Um, I'm not, I'm not concerned about them. I actually think that they're in a good spot there. Now the only concern really would be, I guess that right guard, Austin Corbett towards ACL, Week 18 against the Saints started off on pup and Scott Fair, the general manager, came out first day of training camp saying that he's ahead of schedule. I still wouldn't expect him to play the first four weeks as if he starts off the season on pup, he has to miss the first four weeks. So Cade Mays, who was a fifth round pick out of Tennessee last year, he's been sliding in there at right guard. We'll learn a lot about him next week against the Jets, where again, deepest defensive line group in the NFL. But that offensive line went from the greatest weakness aside from the quarterback position, to the probably the greatest strength for the Panthers heading into this year. And Iki Aquano is taking that next step, looks great at left tackles, pretty good last year. And here's the thing, he started off poorly. Yeah, he played against Miles Garrett. Then after that, you didn't hear his name all season long. As an what offensive lineman, think? that's a good thing. You don't want to hear about him. We, we've known a lot about Panthers' left tackles the last couple of years. You know Matt Khalil. You, you know Mike Rimmers. 
that's not a good thing because those guys struggled. So I feel like the offensive line with Taylor Moten at the right tackle position, Christensen back, Bozeman that they brought back at center, that to me is best friend because we talk about Bryce Young being undersized, being the anomaly with that size and that weight. Okay, well, if he's not getting touched, then it's not going to be a problem. I not think this offensive line will be his best friend. Now, I, I would say probably Hayden Hurst, though, of your, of your question, would be the guy who'd be his best friend, considering how the tight end's going to be utilized in this Frank Reich offense, and that Hayden Hurst knows that he's coming in here to catch a lot of balls. And you think about the last couple of seasons, when the Panthers traded away Dan Arnold and that third-round pick to Jacksonville to bring in C.J. Henderson after Christian McCaffrey went down, but also when um, J.C. Horn went down, I think they really hampered Sam Darnold's ability to find that check down. Because when he lost McCaffrey, he didn't really know what to do because it was really right. one read, where's Christian? Then when you lose Christian and then you lose the other guy who you had built a lot of chemistry with in the preseason, that didn't help him moving forward aside from the fact that, you know, he's not very good. I think you just described every quarterback outside Cam Newton that didn't know what to do without Christian McCaffrey being the safety valve. Yeah, and that that helps. So Hayden yeah. Hurst, they can be that. And Miles Sanders possibly could too, but I think the tight end will be targeted far more in this offense than uh, Miles Sanders but, will. But running back's not worth the money. Not, not worth it. Christian McCaffrey, not worth the money, even though the offense fell apart without him. But he eh, neither here nor there, right? I think Sanders going to have a really good year. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I one of, I, I, Julian, I hate praising the Panthers as much as I have this entire <laughs> offseason. I really do. I just <laughs> don't like them. They've done a, a remarkable job, though. Uh, the one thing I actually do like, too, was the second round pick. I felt like it was a scratch off on Mingo. Well, what have you seen from him in camp, uh, you know, as like I said, I like to get out there and watch a guy. Just let him. Let me see how he runs a route. Let me see how he works in practice. Uh, sometimes they can pop a little bit uh, when you don't see it on uh, tape, or if you were uh, scouting Ole Miss last year uh, in the middle of the year. Yeah, I haven't been down to Spartanburg just yet, but the people I've talked to have said he hasn't really made that much noise so far, which I think is expected a week into it for a second-round rookie wide receiver. We saw, I mean, Terrace Marshall, he was a second-round guy. He had the health, health issues, I think, that kind of held him back the first couple of seasons. That's not the case with Mingo, and it feels like they really do think he can compete for that ex-wide receiver spot and possibly start week one. But so far, like the receivers that are standing out are really DJ Chark, and, of course, Adam Thielen. So, so far, I haven't heard too much about Mingo. I know the other day, um, Sean Jefferson, the wide receiver coach, is really getting after him, which is a good thing. That's a guy that you guys obviously believe in. They talk about pre-draft, how there's one guy who came in, had a really good meeting and interview with them, and that turned out to be Mingo. So this coaching staff wanted to bring him in, where the previous coaching staff, Scott Fitterer, they brought in Marshall to be that guy where it really feels like they think Mingo can be it. But it's just kind of one of those things where it's a learning curve and you don't really know to the pads come on. And they've only had one day of padded practice, like real padded practice. So we got to yeah. wait till like kind of next week. And once the preseason rolls around to really get an understanding of what he potentially can bring to this offense, even though if you really think about it, it's going to be Thielen, Shark, Hurst. Those are your top three guys. And then Mingo, Chenault. Marshall, like they're going to be your fourth, fifth, sixth options in this offense. Probably aren't going to be targeted that much, but it sounds like Mingo's kind of, you know, going through the early rookie struggles, but we'll see what it looks like once the season rolls around. Julian Council, Locked On Panthers podcast. Check them out uh, on the podcast, on the YouTubes. We're just trying to get that sweet, sweet Panthers SEO summer, my man. That's what it's all about. <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys trying to take my <laughs> listeners. Like, what? What are you talking whoa, about? Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, hey, don't know. It's Is that not what happening here? It's called it's cross. Tent. It's called cross promotion. 
cross promotion promotion julian whoa whoa Uh you know our podcast listeners go oh julian's pretty cool i'm gonna check out his stuff because it's not like we're talking exclusively panthers all the time on our podcast no i i envy you guys for that (laughs) 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 no i'm 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 kidding i'm kidding we know we know (laughs) don't make me work over here (laughs) come on (laughs) all right man we'll talk to you later all right guys take care (laughs) that's julian council Locked on Panthers podcast. Now Julian's a good dude. Done it for a long time. He does some great, great stuff. Talking about the uh, the Panthers. All right. Shout out to Breeze Through. Check them out at across the triangle. We got the Breeze Through life uh, lifetime refill. You you were crushing that thing on the drive yesterday. This is how I hydrate, sir. Seriously, you you're very big into hy- hydration. <laughs> yesterday, we were at Sedgefield. Do you mean that thing this was how I hydrate? That thing was full up. You were walking around with it. Yeah. You 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 also drink all sorts of weird, like Gatorade knockoffs. I've noticed that about you. I do. Yes. <laughs> at one point, you were walking back to the Margaritaville tent, and I thought you had filled it up with some sort of like rum drink, and all you were doing was drinking some whatever. I love an iced up drink. How many iced coffees did you have? I had three yesterday. It's gonna be gonna be a challenge tomorrow. I'm surprised you weren't bouncing off the walls. That's how you get going, man. All right, man. Yeah, well, that's a way to get going in the bathroom. But you know, uh, three iced uh, coffees. Dude? Coffee doesn't bother me that way. Woo. I'll be like, I'll see you guys in about 30 minutes. I just had three iced coffees, so I can't eat the move. No, but if you want uh, lifetime free refills on coffee. Uh, or other drinks that breeze through, go ahead and get that tumbler, and we'll be giving away some of those tumblers next week. Really, really excited about that. Do I have to? Yes, you do. We have four total? If one of those is yours, we have... No, no, no. one of those is Adam's. One of those is Adam's? Yes. So we only have three? No, we have four. We have four. Yeah. Okay, just double check. You lost out, I think. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. I I, I would more than happy to give it to a listener, yes. man. More than happy to give that to a listener. Uh, Butcher's Market also sponsoring Ovias and Gilio. A lot of people have been uh, reaching out through social media about what they've been picking up. A lot of people have been converted to the steak and cheese, but I also love it with, hey, got the wings, I got the burgers, and you got to start thinking about those tailgates, all right? Football season's right around the corner, and if you want to step your game up, Butcher's Market has all the stuff you need to make that tailgate work. Yeah, thebutchersmarkets.com. Go check them out, or go check them out in person. Uh, seriously, you'll be a convert. All you got to do is go get pick something out of there, out of that case. Mm-hmm. And it's always a winner. So am I? Am I missing something here? I want. I want to go back to the Jets thing because the it's back to football tonight. We actually yeah. have the Hall of Fame game tonight between the Jets oh, and the Browns tonight. Are you ready to watch like a series? No, I'm ready to bet on the under. Oh, geez. All right. <laughs> Do I need to go to Vegas? Hold on a second. What 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 website should I go to? Uh, I mean, I've been court openly courting Fanduel. So. All right. So if I put uh, Fanduel NFL odds, Browns NFL odds, and all right, let me see what it uh, let me see what it pulls up for me here, because uh, I really don't know. Because you, you got to educate me on this stuff, man. You know this. I'm not really all that versed on it. All right, I'm gonna pull it up on the Streamyard here. Um, New York Jets, Cleveland Browns. I guess it's got the spread of uh, Jets by a point and a half. Money lines one thirty five, and what's the, what am I looking at with the total? The total is thirty three and a half. So you can bet the over. Preseason game? Yeah, they they're counting on there to be no points. People are on this now. This is a thing. Oh, okay, okay. I see now. I see now. 
Um, so you can also do a line uh, total points parlay if you'd like. Dude, FanDuel is And then uh, you also have this other points. Uh, winning margin four-way. I have no idea what that, that means. Winning margin, you'll be like, what? what does that mean? Oh, the Jets by 1 to 13 points is plus 50, 150. Okay, these are things that I don't even understand, but you're actually on this. I would not be, but... <laughs> like who? I'm just saying to you, like, you know how we've talked before about what's going to happen when gambling's legalized. That's on your app. Yeah. Like, you, you know, again, we've talked about when you watch TV and how, man, I got to go seek out this Apple mm-hmm. app and go find my Pac-12 football. I'm in mm-hmm. trouble. But if it's on your TV, you're like, oh, I'm just scrolling. These bets that are in, in game and also live betting, like it's, oh, it's here on my phone. I don't have to go. I don't have to go find this and go out of my way. It's right here. All right. It's easy. Okay. If you say so. But I, I wanted to. All right. Because if you watch the broadcast tonight, you know they're going to be talking about the Jets and Nathaniel Hackett and what's happened in the last week with Sean Payton, you know, blowing up the previous coaching staff for being, you know, one of the worst coach jobs in NFL last year. But Sean Payton didn't say anything incorrect. I, I almost, it's one thing to say, okay, Sean, dude, maybe not. Maybe, maybe don't. I get that part. I, I want to be really, really, there's, there's a little bit more nuance than what we've had in the last week. Okay. But the fact that it's still a topic today, and Nathaniel Hackett actually had press availability where they acted as though he was the victim of some sort of Jean-Claude Van Damme heist movie from the 80s direct-to-video or 90s direct-to-video. Like, the gang approached my family Bames. and they took everything. <laughs> In Three Rivers Stadium. <laughs> that's, I mean, seriously, that's what it made it sound like. Like, it, it this, this entire, like, my honor. No, buddy, the stats speak for themselves. You did a shitty job last year. So terrible that you had to hire somebody to help you with clock management. So bad that they fired you in the middle of the season. So, and if you're an offensive minded guy, it really does come down. I guess this is the, this is the part that is driving me nuts. Wherever Aaron Rodgers goes, sensitivity follows. All right. I really do think that Robert Sala, the head coach of the jets said it perfectly. When he's when he said, if you ain't got haters, you ain't popping. Chef's kiss. That's how you handle it. And then you keep it moving. Instead, Aaron Rodgers is on with Peter Schrager and he's talking about victimization. And y'all, that's what you broke the code. Who loves to play the victim more than Aaron Rodgers? Loves to play the victim. No. This is the same guy who went on and on and on about how the Green Bay Packers never did anything for him. What has Aaron Rodgers... took my replacement. What has Aaron Rodgers been doing with the Jets this entire offseason? He's doing all the things that he never would have done with the Packers. Yeah. That's a level Practicing of... Practicing pe- and going through and getting ready. Oh, being visible, hanging yeah. out with people, like all that kind of stuff. But the real Aaron Rodgers came out with that pre- Peter Schrager uh, conversation where he's a victim. He loves to play the victim. And that's going to permeate, man, in the Jets. And now they got you trotting out your offensive coordinator. Talk about how his name was just slandered and how dare you. No, you sucked. It's okay. You sucked. It's fine. I'd rather, though, that the Jets trot him out and let him talk. Okay. Because, again, I don't see. I think Aaron, but we more go, Aaron Rodgers talking is bad. But we go through this. On, uh, let's just take the Far State Conference expansion stuff. All right. It's like a rumor, right? Yeah. Brett McMurphy, the Magnificent Seven. Was that really ever said? And then nobody talks about it. We talk about the report or we talk about the rumor instead of like actually talking to people. Mm -hmm. So for the Jets to respond to it, I think that's great. And and from your point of view where you say all Sean Payton was doing was speaking the truth, 
there is something to that. I'm just saying to you as a professional colleague, I would not appreciate that. Okay. That's all. All right. There's that's, a better way to do it. That's fine. You can pick up Russell Wilson without putting Nathaniel Hackett down. Uh, and I talked about this on the Picks and Pizza podcast. Jacoby Myers made one of the single dumbest plays I've ever seen in my life last year <laughs> to lose a football game when he lateraled the ball. Yeah. The game was tied. The Patriots were playing the Raiders. It was at in Vegas. He lateraled the ball in their final possession thinking like it was overtime, thinking the Patriots had to win in order to make the playoffs or something like that. It was the end of regulation. Mm-hmm. It, it, so he made one of the single dumbest plays I've ever seen in my life. Yet Bill Belichick is the smartest coach in the NFL, maybe the smartest coach in the history of the NFL. So there's always going to be a disconnect between the coach and the players. The real success becomes when the players execute every single little thing mm-hmm. and believe everything that a coach says, as we saw in the Super Bowl when Butler jumps the route because, you know, famously in practice, Belichick told him the play was coming, yeah. right? But there's always going to be, there's a, there's a message that has to be delivered and received. So my point with, with, with Hackett would be the message has to be delivered and received and executed. Can't all be Hackett. The Broncos weren't awful on my, uh, all, all awful last year, all because of the coach. The players have a part in that. Players mm-hmm. play, play a role. Oh, in absolutely. That. This is not, I'm not trying to absolve Russell Wilson. Well, I think Sean Payton is. No, I think no, Sean Payton is trying Payton to pick didn't. up his guy by putting somebody down. And, and in my con- opinion, you don't have to do that. The full context, the full context of what Sean Payton talked about last week included Russell Wilson not stepping his game up and trying to get him up to a level that he understands he's capable of. I mean, this is the same Sean Payton when he took the job and he was asked about, hey, you know, Russell Wilson has like his own guy and he's got his own office. And Sean went, no, because I'm sure Sean looks at that saying, well, that's part of the problem, too. And this might be a byproduct of Nathaniel Hackett that I think is going to be interesting to play out with the Jets going forward. Remember, this is the guy that the Denver Broncos hired thinking that Aaron Rodgers was going to leave to go to the Denver Broncos. And he didn't. So if you love Nathaniel Hackett so much, this is your guy. You think the world of him. Why didn't you leave Green Bay and take the money in Denver? And now is your offensive coordinator with the Jets again, but I still feel like they're going to be running into the same kind of problems. And I would also add but I don't that think the they AFC have East is a hell of a lot harder than oh, the division is. he was coming from. But I don't think they had problems in Green Bay when they had defined roles. Hackett was the play caller. Hackett yeah. was the person in charge of putting Rodgers in position to Aaron's have success. In Aaron's in charge. I don't think Aaron is in charge, to be we'll perfectly honest with we'll you. Because remember... And I, and I would have put this on Aaron as well. Mm-hmm. But remember, Packers playing the Buccaneers during yeah. the pandemic. And they're down, I think they were down seven. And instead of going for it on fourth down, they come onto the field and kick a field goal to give the ball back to Tom Brady as if they're just going to get the ball back mm-hmm. from Tom Brady mm-hmm. in the playoffs. That was idiotic. And I think we all could have agreed that Tom Brady would have gone over even to Belichick and said, <laughs> what are you, we're going for it. Like he would have called timeout and said, we're going for this thing. I don't know what the hell you think we're doing. Rogers called the top. Roger. Here came the field goal team. Rogers walked off the field. Didn't protest. Didn't even say anything about it after the game. Yeah. As if, as if he didn't even realize what the hell was happening. All right. I feel like we've gotten long enough. Not talking about Florida state that we can finally talk about Florida state. Okay. Now I'm, I'm partially kidding, but I, when we wrapped up yesterday's show at Sedgefield to this morning, a lot of things have happened because that's typically what happens with college realignment. There's a point to what I'm saying when I say things happen fairly quickly when it comes to college realignment. Look at the last three summers. If college realignment is going to happen, it happens. It just, boom. There's no months-long lead-up. There's no weeks of Board of Trustees members being on Zoom video talking about how our conference sucks and we got to better our situation. No, it just happens. 
How did we find out about Texas and Oklahoma leaving for the SEC? That was leaked to the Houston Chronicle by Texas A&M. Because Texas A&M was like, screw that. We don't want Texas here. And that caused a big issue. Now, specifically to Oklahoma and Texas. Remember, they wanted to get to the SEC earlier. And the Big 12 was like, no, remember, we have our own grant of rights. So they ended up negotiating that. And it still cost them, I think it was like $50 million just to play early in the SEC. So... That's important context for what's going on at Florida State. And the following year, the Big Ten adds UCLA and Southern Cal. Again, remember how that happened? We're at ACC kickoff. All of a sudden, you get a report, and then boom, within 24 hours, essentially, 24 to 36, 48 hours, we essentially find out this is really happening. Colorado was in the same boat. You get that initial tweet, that initial report, and then boom, next thing you know, Colorado is joining the uh, the Big 12. And then things are are moving fairly quickly with the Pac-12 as well. When we wrapped up yesterday's show, come to find out that there's a subgroup. This is reporting from Nicole Auer back in Dan Wetzel, that there was a subgroup within the Big Ten assessing who's available left in the Pac-12. Essentially, it was, we could have we killed the Pac-12 earlier. I guess we didn't. Let's go ahead and do it. Meanwhile, the Pac-12 and the Big 12 had a potential. Remember when the Big 12 reached out to the Pac-12 a couple of years ago and all this stuff was going on? And they're like, yeah, they originally wanted Texas wanna and Oklahoma. You want to merge, guys? Well, not even that. It was act- actually, it was two years ago. Now that I think about it, when Texas and Oklahoma was leaving for the SEC and the Big 12 was trying to figure out what to do, there were reports about, hey, well, why don't we just link up? And the Pac-12 was like, nah, we're going to do our own thing. Of course, we now see the Pac-12 left for dead. And who's going to pick apart what's left of them? And that's where the Big 10 subcommittee subgroup was talking about what to do next. It moves quick. Arizona is going to figure out what they're going to do. I mean, heck, at the time of this recording, it could happen right now for all I know. I don't have Twitter up right now. So you're probably wondering, Ovias, what what are all these things? Why are you bringing all this kind of stuff up? Well, again, notice the pattern. It just happens. What Florida State is doing, I can't quite understand. Maybe there's something in the water that makes you a Florida man if you're a politician and you just love speaking the loud, funny words with no actual substance behind them, and you pick fights with entities you know you can't win. Yes, I'm looking at you, Ron DeSantis. And I don't know, maybe Ron DeSantis is like some sort of inspiration for the board of trustees at Florida State. We're like, we're going to pick a fight with a group that has this Loctite grant of rights. And and yeah, we're, we're going to get out of that. And we're not going to spend any money in the deal. We're, we're, we're leaving. We're, le- we're, we're going to leave. We're, we're going to leave, Joe. Okay, you've been on this now for three days. Why have I not seen the report that you're actually leaving? I'm surprised you haven't picked up on what this move by Peter Collins was. Okay. I called him Pat yesterday. Because remember last year uh, during signing day when Texas A&M had the greatest class of all time and Nick Saban straight up said to to a booster club in Birmingham, hey, this this is what's happening right now. You need to get on your horse. And everyone Mm -hmm. was like, oh, he's just sour grapes. No, what Nick Saban was doing was telling his fan base, you need to start giving more. We need more money. This I, is what the name of the game hey, is. I called that out last you year. You did. I, I, I completely called that so out. I was now completely in agreement on that. Peter Collins for mm-hmm. Nick Saban. And I say this because, and, and this is with respect to what Warchan has done, but Warchan is a fan, Florida State fan website. Yeah, it's like their 24-7 site, right? So why would you go to the fan website? Well, you're trying to talk to the fans directly. You don't. You didn't do this on HBO Real Sports. You didn't do this on ESPN. You didn't do this on whatever else you might think is a legitimate outlet. Mm-hmm. They, well, ESPN they couldn't because they're they're trying to leave ESPN. They went to Warchant, 
and he made these comments to to, to rally the troops, yeah, to throw red meat to a fan base that is slightly irrational, slightly living in its past, you see my mentions. and slightly not realistic about how to get out of the agreement that they're in. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Florida State could never leave the ACC. I'm not going to sit here and tell you oh, that I, the, the document not, that they signed is infallible. I'm not going to tell you that. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm in the same boat as you. I'm not saying they can't leave. I'm just saying it's going to be a while. Correct. But what we've learned is there's a price for everything. Mm-hmm. I don't think Florida State has that price. Remember, they're still paying Willie Taggart. Okay. They're, they're still, they are still kind of in their fields about their stadium renovation and people, you know, I got into this argument with Thomas Jones. I think it was last year, the former Virginia player who was trying to tell me how great it was to go play at a game at Florida state at Doe Campbell stadium. I'm like, yeah, it was, it was past tense. I've been there. I've been in that building when it's empty. I've seen that building on TV when it's empty. I've seen that building when a guy's reading a book during the Clemson game. Yeah. Okay. You're not who you once were. That doesn't mean you can't be great again. By the way, I don't think you're going to be great this season. Not at your level. You're, you're great at an NC State level. You're great at a Carolina level. Think mm-hmm. about that insult for a second. Well, I'm glad, okay. you brought, I'm glad you brought that up because there has been this. Well, first off, let's, let's listen to some so of the board I, of trustees. I think what he was doing was a pure, let me throw red okay. meat to Florida State fans. Mm. I, want to, I want to mobilize the masses in our favor, get them frothing at the mouth, and ready to do something. And what, what are they ready to do? I don't know. They're ready to make money. They're ready to, to take their money. That's I, what they're doing. Here. All right. So it's a naked money grab. I mm, naked money grab trying to find another conference. I don't know if it's no. out there to rustle up well, money how, from the boosters. How are we going to pay for it? So, okay. All right. We're going to crowdsource this, this I'm, thing, Joe. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to disagree. Here is uh, this FSU president, Richard McCullough. And uh, this is what FSU plays. He, I guess he screen grabs some of the, the BOT meeting. Here's what he has to say about the ACC and, and currently how things are working for him. I believe that FSU um, will have to, at some point, uh, consider very seriously uh, leaving the ACC unless there were uh, a radical change to the revenue distribution. I don't think this is anything that anybody hasn't necessarily thought of, <clears throat> uh, but I wanted to uh, make uh, make that statement to the board. So that is the FSU president. Here is Drew Weatherford. If that name sounds familiar, Drew Weatherford was a quarterback for Florida State. He famously was the quarterback of the time Wake Forest beat them 30 to nothing when they were wearing the unconquered jerseys. Yes. Remember those? The unconquered uniforms. Very yes. conquered that night. Very shut out of their home field. Yeah, so here's Drew Weatherford. And again, this is from FSU Plays on Twitter. Drew Weatherford has seen enough. My quarterback. The only thing missing was like the huffy face emojis. And this is just one board member speaking. Unless something drastic changes on the revenue side at the ACC, it's not a matter of if we leave, in my opinion, it's a matter of how and when we leave, you know, and not everyone may agree with that, but I feel really strongly about it because I don't want to play games. I want to go compete for championships moving forward. State, That's yeah. what Florida State is about. And uh, unfortunately, we're in a situation where money matters more than ever and you cannot compete without the resources necessary. All right, so here's why I disagree with your sentiment that they're trying to shake more money out of the boosters. They've already done that. I mean, they just... I don't think they have. They actually, they're actually spending more money. Like, I call, I call FSU broke in a lot of ways because 
of the money that they have to pay for ex coaches and everything else. And the fact that they're sitting here scrambling, like we need to compete, we need to compete, but I do spend more money than everybody else when it comes to football in particular. All right. They have the biggest stadium in the ACC. They do. So to me, last time I checked <laughs> money, yeah, right. Money, money does not solve your problems. No. All right. They have spent their money poorly. And that's why I call them broke because how many coaches are still on your, you know, were you, were you paying for in the grand scheme of things? Florida state to me is like Texas in that you have all the money in the world, yet you spend it poorly. You have all the money in the world and you still can't get past Iowa state. So, you know, you got Drew Weatherford talking about, we want to compete for championships. Well, what's stopping you in the ACC? Let's not Every Florida State fan in my mention or email or what I've seen on YouTube has talked about, well, we're on the level of Georgia. We got to keep up with Alabama. We are you know, Clemson and Florida State. They're basically talking about their kindred spirits. So why has Clemson been able to win national championships? Why has Clemson been able to sustain itself through the years with a motivated fan base, with less of a TV value than Florida State has, by the way? Florida State is by far the biggest TV value that, that the ACC has. I'm not disputing that. When Miami's good, they're a national program, but it's still not the same thing as Florida State. So explain to me why all the roadblocks that Clemson has that are similar to yours, they've been able to overcome them. You're just bad at your decision-making. You've made poor choices. Florida State, since 2005, they're 64 and 56 when you scrape out the Jameis Winston seasons. The further you get away from the Jameis Winston's years, all right, you come to find out in the modern era, that's the outlier. After that, you're telling me that the money, you need more money so you can finally get past Wake Forest, which if I last checked, doesn't Wake Forest have a three-game winning streak on the Seminoles? Can they, have they consistently beaten NC State? To your point, you're just NC State. Have they beaten NC State? No. Not recently. I mean, they just gagged it to MJ Morris this past season, did they not? Mm-hmm. So explain to me. No, that was the Jack Chambers game. That was the Jack Chambers <laughs> game. It's my bad. Like, I couldn't remember which quarterback it was. That's where Florida State is. Thank you for correcting me on that. My point is, you can sit here and whine about your financials, but until you actually show you know what to do with your money, I can't take you seriously. And to follow, to finish my point about rustling people up, to motivate the base, to get them going on, I don't see that working. I don't see it oh, working that it was way. going to work. I'm just saying that's what they're doing. I don't see it working that way. If that's the plan, it's certainly not following through because everybody's now just blaming <gasps> the ACC. But they're getting people on their side. They're also making it look like they got a little bit of Jesse Helms in them too. Okay. You're fighting a fight that you know you're not going to win, but you're still going to fight it and make a show of it. All like, right. hey, see, I'm fighting for you. I'm trying to get out of this conference because that's what's holding us down. What What is it on Loki? What are they called? The, this, this, the time... Timelines or time variance, right? Time variance. Mm -hmm. They're in a double time variance. They're in a double time warp. And here's, this is what I mean by that. (laughs) They think, you know, Bobby Bowden and Deion Sanders are walking through that door. They're not. Okay. Or Peter Tom Willis is walking through that door. They're not. That's number one. Number two, they think it's 2013 Mm -hmm. and they just lost Jimbo Fisher because the big bad SEC team had more money. That's why they got Jimbo Fisher. Speaking of more and money because Jimbo, what's Texas A&M doing? Because remember, Jimbo didn't just leave for Texas A&M. He whinged for two years after winning the title. Yeah. I need this facility. I need that. I need this um, part of the stadium. I need this locker room. I need whatever he was whinging about. Right. Ad nauseum. Okay. To the point where he was like putting on a mask and holding the, the whole school hostage. Mm-hmm. 
So he leaves, and now there's some people who look at that and go, well, we were competing for the national championship. We were winning the ACC under this coach, but he left because we wouldn't have the money to support him, and we would have that money if we were in the SEC. We would have that money if we were in the Big Ten. The truth of the matter is, they Jimbo is the reason they were in the position that they were the last seven years because he allowed the program to atrophy around him. Yeah, And you have to make good hires. I, I don't, I didn't dislike Willie Taggart, but he was in Oregon. I, I didn't really understand his connection to Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike Norvell is a little bit more of a schemer, a little bit more of an X and O guy. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do this year, but what, what Mike Norvell has done by winning 10 games and getting back into the top 20 really is triangle success. They're not looking for triangle success. They're looking for national title success. And if you think you're going to get that with more money than to your point, yeah, go call Texas A&M talk, and see how it's working out for go, them. Go talk to the Texas schools. And, and we'll close the conversation on this. And I'm going to sound like a broken record. I'm going to keep screaming it until people understand. The grant of rights was done in such a way that you want to leave, cool. But it's going to be six years, okay? It's going to be six years. You can sit here and scream about how, well, we're going to leave at some point in time and this document's not holding up. Well, technically, the document isn't holding up when you get to 2029, when you finally get to that sliding scale of money that you're comfortable paying, the same way that Texas and Oklahoma were finally getting to that point of the sliding scale. Yeah, think about that. Texas and Oklahoma, two of the richest programs who aren't leaving for money, did not leave for money. No. Even they balked at paying a three-year payout. So you want to... So look, it's to me, it is... It is useless at this point to open up a board of trust. I mean, what? It, it's not useless. They're trying to rally their base, but that's what they're trying to do. I guess. I guess to me, if I want to rally my base, I want to do it in the form of where football is going, and it's not in the form of television money. It's what Dan, it's uh, Graham Neff, the AD at Clemson, did last year, where he put out a video that said, "Now more than ever." We need you to give us money for players. Yeah, that's the double okay? time warp. They think it's facilities and they think it's, it's keeping not. a coach happy. It's not. It's not. Okay. It is about making sure you bring in the cash to keep the players happy, to bring the talent in so they don't leave for somewhere else. That gets back to the the original start of this conversation about Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban, and Alabama. Nick Saban was sending the message to his boosters. Oh, you don't want to get lapped in recruiting by Texas A&M? Well, they're quote unquote paying for those players meaning dummies you need to pay for those players too it's 2023 get the wallet out (laughs) this is more like damn you swafford you're the reason why we're not good no you they are taylor swift okay florida state would rather look directly in the sun and never in the mirror i want florida state and all these i want drew weatherford to look at himself in the mirror and go it's me Hi, I'm the problem. Florida State is the problem, not the money. So once they accept that, then they can finally get around to the business of correcting it. But until they accept that the reason why they're in the position they're in right now and not not Clemson, they're going to continue to find themselves in this weird circular, just kind of like, no, it's, you know, if, if I had just done this and, and we all know people like this, like, you know, I would have I would have been successful in this business had it not been. I could have been Fat Perez if I, I could just if I a could couple just, shots. Right. That's just not <laughs> how it works, guys. This is not how it works. <laughs>
<laughs> well, no, we got to do ads first before we bring intern Cal in. So right. hold on a second. Uh, we got hometown realty. Check them out. Uh, myhtr.com is the website. And uh, we're looking for you to buy or sell a house with hometown realty. Again, myhtr.com. That's like our big whale of the summer. We have all these benchmarks. We just want to make sure that, hey, we're, and we're not asking for commission. No, no, absolutely no. not. We, we just, just want credit. Please call. <laughs> please call Barry Woodard and his team. 919-550-7355. That's 919-550-7355. Barry Woodard. They have more than 250 agents, six locations. MyHTR.com. Call them and tell them, hey, man, need to sell my house. The OG told me you're the you're the hookup. Mm-hmm. So hook me up. Whitaker and Hamer also sponsoring Ovius and Gilio. Check them out online at wh.lawyer. Um, they can probably write a grant of rights just as locked tight as the ACC has for Florida State. Just saying. But no, you got any sort of legal issues? Uh, you're trying to like make sure that your business is, uh, you know, P's and Q's, I's are dot, and everything else. Whitaker and Hamer can do that for you. Again, check them out online at wh.lawyer locations throughout North Carolina. All right, guys. Josh Whitaker, Joe Hamer, world's greatest URL, wh.lawyer. Intern Cal is back in studio. Welcome back, Cal. Thank you, Joe. You missed out on kick. We don't take you anywhere, man. Unfortunately. We didn't take you to kickoff. We didn't take you out to golf. I mean, you got to talk to the, the the intern, the head of internships here at OG Media LLC, man. I feel like I, I need to go through some hazing and try that natural light pumpkin beer before I have the right oh, to. We don't uh, do hazing. Bad. Okay. Hazing's Fair bad. Fair enough. Look at the headlines. No Fair hazing. Uh, but Initiation. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, it's eh, more acceptable. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. All right. So today, this week's homework assignment was on NIL valuations per school. So let's go through some of the methodology as you went through ACC name, image, and likeness evaluation uh, valuations. I'm assuming you went to on three because they're pretty much on it when it comes to these estimated valuations. Exactly. And they have data that they, they, they kind of accumulate all the data because it is tough to to know exactly what those NIL numbers are. So they're valuations on on three. They're not actual hard numbers, but they're pretty spot on. Well, because you can't we don't know what exactly. the NIL numbers are. These are these are things that are not publicly available. Uh, Matt Brown over at Extra Points uh, does an excellent job trying to he, he he even has a difficult job getting those numbers from Division Two, where there's some uh, name, image and likeness valuations. So we can't look at the contracts. We can just kind of guess where these things are. Exactly. So who, which school in the ACC going into the season has the highest valuation? It's a pretty significant margin. So it's FSU. Uh, not a ton of surprise there. Um, pretty dominated by football. They have one or two basketball players, but they hit 11.6 million in terms of uh, the total on three valuation there, which is a significantly higher than Miami, which is number two school at 7.4 million. So okay. football really dominates there. Miami would have been my... Number one guess because of the life wallet. and life wallet. Yeah. But, but these are valuations. Exactly. Yeah. Not actual pay, uh-huh. actual payouts or what they're actually no. spending. And no. for a team like Florida State, most of the guys on the roster have some kind of NIL valuation mm-hmm. um, just because of, you know, historical longevity, um, the strength of the program, the marketability of the program. And obviously those lower programs like Miami and UNC are also marketable, uh, but not to the extent Florida State is, um, as we can see from the numbers. So who's the brokest? The brokest is tough to assess uh, just because of the limited availability of data for some of those schools that don't have as much marketability. 
Um, so the lowest that we have uh, from those on three numbers is going to be Wake Forest. Uh, they have one athlete that's listed, uh, Tyree Appleby, who is a basketball player. Uh, so they're at 65000 but the number's probably a little higher because they have probably a little more NIL money. I was going to say, that's all Appleby's money, right? Exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. remember, this, they, they, like legitimate Tyree Appleby and Applebee's because they, they went into a relationship last basketball exactly. season. So yeah, that makes that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, but I guess, again, I guess that gets back to my original point with it's tough to get an idea of what this truly is because Wake Forest is only going to make so much available. It really is. And the other thing that makes it hard to evaluate is the ceiling on some of these guys is also tough because you look at guys like Jordan Travis, who's evaluated at $1.2 million, and Drake May, who's evaluated at $1.5 million, which mm-hmm. is 40% of UNC's total NIL, by the way. And there's really no potential ceiling for what, what kind of deals these guys could get. That's just the general valuation. So these numbers could be higher or lower, not even for those athletes on the lower tier, but at the top tier as well. Okay. Did you hear your shout out? Which shout out? You got oh, a shout from, out uh, from Brian Ives over at. No, uh, you got two shout outs. Actually. Well, Brian, so Brian Ives over at ESPN, who uh-huh. does what you want to do. He's been doing it for a really long time. He actually got his start in ESPN stats and information. He's a nice. walking encyclopedia of all things ACC. So when we had put out the video of you talking about how often do we get it wrong Mm -hmm. with the predicted order of finish, he just said, man, poor Cal had to go through all those old uh, press releases when I have the information right here. But I mean, that's where he's at though. I actually, I didn't have to go through the press releases because all the data is accumulated. So I appreciate the sympathy on that, but uh, it it was not that bad. No, your other shout out was uh, for Bennett Johnson. He's automotive. Oh, okay. Was on picks and pizza. Yeah, it was going through some some stats from the PGA Tour, and he goes, "I feel like intern Cal right now." <laughs> I, need to, I need to hit him up because my car is it's not doing well on Easter. Yeah, we'll, so we'll use the code. Use the promo code. I will use the promo code. <laughs> yeah, I think the promo code is just, "Hey, I, I, I know Julio. I, I heard it on the podcast. That's Thanks the promo the code. Yeah, that's yeah. all that is. That's the promo code." All right, we got a, we got a homework assignment for Cal next week. Hey, it's the dead of summer. It is. Outside right. of baseball, right. not much. Here's this is a fun. I, I got one for you because this is okay. actually. A I was going to say the preseason top twenty five. No, 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 no. This is NFL related. So Sweet. there is. We are getting. It's August. It's officially August, which means we have hit my favorite show topic of the summer ahead of the NFL season. Which team will go worst to first in their division? So over the history of the NFL in modern division play. Mm-hmm. Every I think it's every year there is one. It's, well, it's been one, one year. One of the years recently, it didn't happen. It's like seven of the last eight years or something. It's, like it's that. something. It's something crazy like that where a team if that finished last Google in the division, for it, you'll see it last in their division, mm-hmm. and then it'll go the other way. But here's the twist: you're not counting the Panthers who tied for last last year. No, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. The twist will be how many teams have won the division and then finished DFL the following year. Ooh. That's the twist because everybody's always like, oh, it could be us this year. It could, we could win it. It's us. We're going to do it because that's the that's the beauty of the NFL. I mean, honestly, that is the, the parody, the parody yeah. of the NFL is why people cannot quit it because they sell you on hope. You buy the hope and then you never know. You exactly. could be that team. But there's a flip side to this. So which teams went from, hey, man, we won the division. Cool to, <laughs> ooh, we had a bad year. And there could be any number of reasons why that happened. An injury to a quarterback or, or whatever it is. But I'd be curious to see how many teams have actually won a division and then finished last in their division the following year. Yeah, that's thought provoking. I can think of the okay. Rams right now, but uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's as many, obviously. But I, I would know. be curious to see who has that uh, <laughs> who has that distinction. Well, we will see next week. Then. All right, Cal, appreciate it, man. Thanks, guys.
Poor intern, Cal. We give him, we don't even drag him out to golf tournaments, man. I know it was a missed opportunity yesterday. We'll, we'll work on that. Maybe though. next time, maybe next time. Uh, Homefield sponsors o- Ovias and Gilio. Check them out. Homefieldapparel.com is the website. Uh, these are officially licensed collegiate shirts. Okay. So when you see those North Carolina, NC state, wake forest designs, those, all that kind of stuff, those are all officially licensed. They, they do an amazing job taking stuff from the past, modernizing it and putting it on the most comfortable t-shirt you can find. I'm actually wearing one right now that says don't tweet at Crutes. Use the promo code OG23 for 15% off your first purchase at Homefield Apparel. You know me, I love a hoodie. I know so you I do. have all hoodies of all varieties of all sizes do. and shapes. There isn't one better than the one that Homefield puts out. OG23. Go get them. And maybe you don't want a logo on it. Don't worry about it because Homefield sells their core collection. So you just want the hoodie? Just the hoodie. You can buy one. Straight up. You didn't know that, did you? I didn't. Now we really got to get Anna on that logo design, sir. All right, we'll do it. No, we got the logo. We have the shirt. We have the positive vibes only logo that we put on the cups that we can put on a shirt. Don't worry. Okay. We're working on it. It's all good. But you want that college gear? Homefield's got it. They are immersed in college lore. Really, really good stuff. Ryan Nanny's actually doing a newsletter about some forbidden bits about college football. But again, use that promo code OG. 23 for 15% off your first purchase. Dad hats, too. Does Matt Davis have a dad hat? Uh, Matt Davis has got everything. He's got everything? State yeah. Farm. Check him out. Call him. 919-779-8277. Matt Davis, State Farm Insurance. In Garner. I'm a State Farm guy. Been a State Farm guy for a long time. They take care of you. Matt can do the same for you. Yeah, including a great URL. So everyone we work with has great URLs. Why don't we? We, we have to work on Why this. don't we? InsureGarner.com. InsureGarner.com. You'll find Matt Davis. Davis Insurance and Financial Services over there on Aversboro Road. Obviously, your home, auto, life, business, mm-hmm. which apparently is a real thing. Uh, can't thank Matt enough for all of his help getting us off the ground. And also just a little bit of that financial advice. That you worry about that I'm do, off there I trying do, to get I an OG mobile. I do well, worry about you. That explains all the ins and outs Good. to me. So give them a call 919 779 8277 or go to insuregarner.com. All right, let's answer some Hey Joe questions before we get out of here. Let's uh, see what Mike P's got. Hashtag Hey Joe. What Oktoberfest beer pairs best with sitting on the beach under a shibumi in August? It's, it is. Have you have you gone to a big have you gone to a big box store yet? There's a lot going on in that question. There is. Have you been have you been out to a big box store yet? Halloween stuff's already out, dude. No, I got I pumpkins not. out, skeletons out. I was at Costco. August 3rd. I know. I was at Costco the other day, and they already had Halloween candy out ready to go. There's no freaking way that that Halloween candy is making it to actual Halloween if I buy it now and it sits in my house. None. None. That's like Florida State hustling for tips. There's no way that money makes it to the, by the time they get to the Big Ten, they just want the money. Florida State is like the 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 person that has has finagled the little kiosk when you have the automatic tips. Their tips start at 35%. Right. That's there's Florida no State. way around it. There's, yeah, there's just no way around it. Now, so anyway, uh, Oktoberfest beer pairs. I, I can't do it, man. You buy the Oktoberfest beers now so that when it finally feels like fall, they're ready to go. That's it's all about shelf space. That's why the that's why the beers are out right now. Do you know Natural Light made in a made a pumpkin beer? No. Stop. You want you want to drink it? No. No, you don't want to drink it. No, sir. Okay. 
Maybe we get intern. No, intern Cal's not even 21. Yes, he is. Is he 21? <laughs> he is 21. All right. Well, then, 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 then fine. Maybe we can have him drink some Intern Tanner, intern Jackson, not 21. All right. I can't, I can't keep, I can't keep track. I can't keep track of who's, <laughs> of, legal uh, of, who's of legal age and not. Uh, from Kevin, will Miami ask John Ruiz to pay their exit fee? Here's my question. I'll answer that question with a question. Can John Ruiz pay for the exit fee either A, in jail for SEC fraud or can he afford the exit fee at this point as life wallet continues to lose money? That's weird. Anytime there's health coverage insurance, there's usually fraud to follow. Huh? Weird, weird, <laughs> weird, weird. Yeah. So Miami's going through right now. Thanks to John Ruiz and life wallet. All right. From Byron, which conference is the best fit for UNC SEC or big 10? I mean, there's no question. It's the big 10. It's the big 10. It's the big 10. Uh, and they'll take Duke with them. The basketball's good. The Big Ten would be a proper fit for them. I think that would work out. Although, can you imagine North Carolina and the SEC for basketball? It'd be off the charts nuts. Off I feel the like charts. you did not include NC State going with the Wolf with uh, the Tar Heels. You're way more confident about that than I am. Just saying. All right, from Cuse and NC. Hey, Joe, when the conference adds more schools, doesn't that decrease how much the TV money every school gets? No. Typically, in these television contracts, when you add a school, there are escalators or triggers, I should say, that bring them to the table. You're not making any more money. Essentially, what you're getting is the amount of money that would feed them. And it actually costs more for your distributor than it does for your conference itself. Remember, the Big 12 was essentially told no by the by ESPN years ago. Uh, this is when Texas and Oklahoma win the league. And they're like, hey, we're going to add the school. And ESPN's like, are you sure about that? Because I don't know if we want to pay $35 million a year for that. So those are the types of things that you have to keep in mind uh, when we talk about these contracts. Typically, it's about adding. There's a reason why the SEC didn't go to nine games in conference play, because ESPN would not pay for more conference games. Again, another one of those triggers well, they that comes would. in. They just didn't put it in the contract the right way. Yeah, that's true. They had to negotiate <laughs> it. So the SEC went, well, then fine. We're not going to do it. Uh, from Samuel, so ECU will finally have an in-state conference opponent in Charlotte starting this year. Do you see an actual rivalry developing between the two schools? Short answer, no, because Charlotte has a hell of a lot to do to ramp up because they're bad. Why don't ECU and App State play every year? They're playing this year. That's the one. There's your rivalry. That's the rivalry. That's actually what it should be because, to your point, that's the I hate you. Oh, they're in the irate Jillio Conference. Absolutely. Both of them. And we'll Charter close members. on this because uh, I there was a guy that was like creeping last <laughs> last yesterday. Did you see this guy? What? Did you see that guy creeping behind me yesterday? That, <laughs> that's how I feel. Like that dude represents Florida State fans. Okay. <laughs> that that dude represents Florida State fans to me. Like, what are you saying about us? Well, you, no, no, no. You don't you don't understand the grant of rights. We can do whatever we want. Sure. But uh, Jamie pointed out, brother, you are giving off some serious Murray vibes these days, and it's glorious. I mean, yeah, I mean. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, your hair is not long enough, but well, I could, I could do it. Kelly won't let me though, but yeah, you, you, you think, should I, I keep, should I keep it question. going? There's not even a question. Do you want me to show up next week with the, uh, with the white under, the uh, uh, undershirt and a thing? You want yeah. to do that? I'll do that. Okay. <laughs> anyway, That's going to wrap it up for today's show. Enjoy your weekend. We will see you Monday as we get closer to football. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.